President Tsai Ing-wen has made the Financial Times' 2021 list of the world's most influential women. This is her second year in a row being in the annual Profile series. Tsai's profile was written by a former BBC reporter who described her as cool and resilient in the face of challenges from China. In response, Tsai said it is not she who was influential, but Taiwan as a whole. Who are the most influential women of the year? UK-based Financial Times has released a list of 25, which includes U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Chinese-born filmmaker Chloe Zhao, and President Tsai Ing-wen. Taiwan Taiwan is at the forefront of democracy's defensive line. We are willing to share our experience with the world and to work with our democratic partners to defend our shared values of freedom and democracy. For Tsai, sharing Taiwan's experience with democracy is part of a regular day's work. The Financial Times list refers to Tsai as Taiwan's president. Her profile was written by former BBC China editor Carrie Gracie, who described Tsai as cool and resilient in the face of challenges to her country's existence. The profile says the U.S.'s slow COVID response, its domestic turmoil, and its chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan have reinforced Beijing's confidence that America is on the decline. With Taiwan central to any contest for supremacy in East Asia, it says China is making increasingly assertive shows of military might around the island. The profile says that Tsai is unlike many of the world's political and business leaders who self-censor at the first hint of displeasure from Beijing. It says she does not buckle to intimidation, nor does she antagonize. Instead, it says she demonstrates in her own way how Taiwan's values are distinct from China's. The profile says Tsai's leadership offers a lesson on how to respect Chinese interests without selling out our own. Is Taiwan more safe today than it was when you became president in 2016? If it's a threat from China, it's increasing every day. We can sit down and talk about our differences and try to make arrangements um, so that we would be able to coexist peacefully. In recent years, Tsai has been recognized repeatedly by global publications. In Forbes magazine's 2020 list of the most powerful women, she ranked 37. Earlier this year, the Bangkok Post named her one of the world's most extraordinary women. The Financial Times named her one of the world's most influential women this year and the last. Asked for comment on her high profile abroad, Tsai said she does not represent herself, but rather the nation. It is not her who is influential, but Taiwan as a whole, she said. Tsai thanked the Taiwanese public for its united efforts towards safeguarding the country's democratic way of life. Intel CEO Ped Gelsinger has added fuel to the fire of his rivalry with TSMC. At a tech forum in California, Gelsinger said, quote, Taiwan is not a stable place. He said that Washington needed to invest more in American chip makers rather than depend on Asian foundries like TSMC. When asked for comment on Gelsinger's remarks, TSMC CEO Mark Liu declined, saying, quote, it isn't worth a response. 27 sorties from China flew into Taiwan airspace on Monday. Does that make you feel more comfortable or less? The CEO of TSMC's main rival Intel attended the Fortune Brainstorm Tech this week. At the event, he described Taiwan as unsafe due to constant PLA incursions. He said it was unwise for the U.S. to overly depend on Taiwan's TSMC. If you're now dependent on 
you know, Taiwan as the singular source of technology for the most critical aspect of our human existence and our national security and economy for the future. This is precarious. Gelsinger said Taiwan was unstable and that TSMC was mired in geopolitical risks. With TSMC building a plant in Arizona, Samsung has announced a 17 billion U.S. dollar plant in Texas. Their U.S. expansion, which is being encouraged by Washington, has put pressure on Intel, which has repeatedly called for more investment in American companies. On Friday, Taiwan's economics minister threw her full support behind TSMC, saying it had proven itself with its technology. Our semiconductor industry in Taiwan is constantly advancing one step at a time. TSMC's technologies and its yield rate have won high affirmation from its clients. Here in Taiwan, our job is to do our job well. When asked for comment about Gelsinger's remarks, TSMC CEO Mark Liu declined. He said, it isn't worth a response. I won't slander anyone in the industry. Liu told media that construction on TSMC's plant in Arizona was progressing according to schedule. In the battle for chip supremacy, TSMC is still in the lead, with Samsung and Intel far behind. Both have said they intend to overtake TSMC by 2024. Taiwanese biotech firm Medigen has won a 2.3 million U.S. dollar international grant to test its COVID-19 vaccine as a mixed-dose booster shot. The grant, which is worth more than 60 million NT, was awarded by a global initiative backed by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Medigen said it would recruit 960 fully vaccinated subjects in Taiwan for its upcoming trial. Phase 3 tests for Medigen are unfolding overseas. One study in Paraguay has just completed recruitment, while the WHO Solidarity trial is also getting underway. In the latest development, Medigen has won a grant from the Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness Innovations, a group that's backed by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. With the grant, which is worth more than 60 million NT, Medigen will conduct mixed-dose booster trials in Taiwan. Regarding mix-and-matched booster shots, sometimes when you use the original vaccine, for instance an mRNA or adenovirus vaccine, you may not see the expected effect, or the side effects might be more severe. So they see subunit protein vaccines as an option with great potential. For the trial, Medigen plans to recruit people who have received two doses of AstraZeneca, Moderna or Medigen. A total of 960 subjects will be randomly assigned to receive a booster shot. They might receive a full or half dose of Medigen, a half dose of Moderna or a full dose of AstraZeneca. Subjects will be followed up on for six months to collect data on the persistence of their immune response after vaccination. Interim results are expected in the first quarter of next year. In related news, Medigen said it's investigating the efficacy of its vaccine against the Omicron COVID variant by building a pseudovirus using the beta strain. We are constructing what's called a pseudovirus. This is already a work in progress. So I think that very soon we'll be able to take in people who have already received two or three doses of Medigen and run tests on their serum antibodies. So I hope to have an answer to report to you all very soon. I believe that Medigen is receiving funding based on the outcome of expert assessments of its trial data and other empirical results. That is the reason for these groups' sizable investment. 
I believe that everyone will be able to agree that Medigen has a very high probability of success. Health Minister Chen Shizhong expressed high hopes for Medigen. The domestic developer is making headway toward becoming a booster shot of choice. It's also working on testing its vaccine against Omicron in hopes of gaining wider global recognition. Ahead of the Medigen trial, Chang'e Memorial Hospital has begun its own trial on mixed-dose booster shots. It's recruited 400 frontline medical staff and flight crew who have been fully vaccinated with AstraZeneca. They will receive either a full dose of Moderna, a full dose of Pfizer, a full dose of Medigen, or a half dose of Moderna. Their antibody levels will be tested one month, six months, and 12 months after the shot. Let's hear from the hospital superintendent. It's now our fourth day administering booster doses. So far, we haven't seen any significant side effects. With many of these medical workers, the antibody levels have already dropped off considerably. So theoretically, they are due for a third dose. The CECC has already made boosters available to 60,000 people in the first three priority groups. Specifically, it's offering a half dose of the Moderna vaccine. The policy is supported by a British study showing that a Moderna booster is the most effective at increasing antibody levels when compared with Pfizer and AstraZeneca. A new law has opened the door for cutting-edge treatments for knee pain in Taiwan. The pioneering implant therapy known as ACI is now available and could revolutionize care for people with joint problems. ACI involves grafting some of the patient's own cartilage cells into the damaged knee to help it regenerate. The treatment can allow patients to return to normal activity with zero knee pain. Mr. Chen's life was brought to a standstill when his knees began to degenerate. He even got an artificial knee replacement. But after successful ACI therapy, now he can walk as well as ever. From time to time, I walk all the way from our house on the first floor up to the 14th floor. I don't want to take a walking stick or use a wheelchair. I'm autonomous. Today, I feel the procedure was really worth it. Our knee joints are silent heroes, working seamlessly on every step we take. But for many, repetitive strain or a lack of care can damage our knees. In the past, the only solution was to get an artificial knee replacement, which can be tough to recover from. In recent years, ACI has become an alternative. ACI has been approved by the new special medical treatment law, and many of Taiwan's big hospitals have got licenses to offer the therapy. So far, 45 patients have had ACI and experienced the regrowth of their knee cartilage. Early research suggests ACI can reduce knee pain with little risk of adverse reactions. A truly appropriate study would involve all the participants, all the patients, using the drug. That way, if we collect the data in a routine manner, it won't be as confined as traditional clinical trials were in the past. The efficacy of the drug will be extended to a wider demographic. The Institute of Population Health Sciences has signed a contract with a biotech company to further analyze data from nine hospitals, which they hope will expedite clinical trials. 
You have a guarantee whether in the research, in the product manufacturing, or among patients. We'll do everything to push this forward on every level so that Taiwan can truly become the biotech island of Asia. The Ministry of Health and Welfare places high hopes in the research. For an aging society, caring for degenerative diseases must be a priority. An exponential number of people will develop joint problems in the coming years, and hospitals want to get ready. The de facto American ambassador Sandra Odkirk went to Kaohsiung on Friday to honor Taiwanese ships that participated in an ocean rescue alliance sponsored by the U.S. Coast Guard. The AMVER program, which stands for Automated Mutual Assistance Vessel Rescue, is an alliance of commercial ships that volunteer to help vessels in distress at sea. Last year, 47 vessels from seven Taiwanese shipping and fishing companies participated in the program. Let's hear from one of them. Previously, we received notification from the U.S. Coast Guard that roughly 70 nautical miles from our location, a Japanese fishing vessel was in trouble. As soon as we received the notification, we proceeded to the location to provide assistance. The participation of these Taiwan flagged or owned vessels in the AMBER program exemplifies the strength of U.S.-Taiwan cooperation in maritime security and safety and provides yet another example of Taiwan's important contribution to the global community. A reminder that when given a chance, Taiwan can help and Taiwan will help. The AMVER program was created after the sinking of the Titanic nearly a hundred years ago. Over the past 20 years, the program has saved more than 2,800 lives at sea. Pingdong is playing host to a five-day festival celebrating the Czech Republic. From December 1st to 5th, there are music concerts, movie screenings, and other cultural events that give locals a chance to experience Czech culture. The event is organized by the Czech Economic and Cultural Office in Taipei in collaboration with the Pingdong County government. Indigenous residents of Pingdong perform to welcome their visitors. County Commissioner Pan Mongan joins in the dancing, together with representatives from the Czech Republic's representative office in Taiwan. The 2021 Czech and Pingdong Festival held its opening gala at the Pingdong Civic Park. The county government had a warm welcome for its Czech guests, hosting them at the finest location in town. The commissioner thanked the Czech Republic for reaching out to help Taiwan during the pandemic with a donation of 30,000 vaccine doses. Even during the pandemic, the relationship between the two countries was not interrupted. At a tense moment in Taiwan's campaign against COVID, the Czech Republic donated 30,000 vaccine doses. The Czech Republic's culture, arts, architecture and film industry are all very well developed. It is a great partner for us to learn from. I would like to use this opportunity first to express our gratitude for the hospitality to the Pingtung County and for them to providing us with such a great space for today's reception. To attend the event, Czech tourism representative to Japan, Stepan Pavlik, made the special trip to Taiwan. After completing quarantine, he traveled to Pingdong to attend the gala and promote tourism to the Czech Republic. Taiwan is an important market for us. It is the number three market in all of Asia. 
Before the pandemic, there were about 200,000 Taiwanese visitors to the Czech Republic annually. During the five-day event, there will be an exhibit on Czech literature at the Pingdong County Cultural Affairs Bureau Library. Over the weekend, the library will offer outdoor screenings of the award-winning Czech film Charlatan. The festival hopes to give a glimpse of the Czech Republic to locals who can't travel abroad. An award-winning documentary about indigenous life in Taidong has finally made its Taiwan premiere after winning accolades in Europe and America. Searching for Taromac Land of Warriors closed the Taiwan Film Festival Berlin earlier this year and won Best Documentary Feature at the New York Film Awards. Now tribal leaders and educators are planning to bring the film into local schools to help youngsters connect with their roots. Ten indigenous youth perform a traditional dance in Rukai tribal dress. This is the opening ceremony for the Taiwan premiere of Searching for Taromac, Land of Warriors. We are bringing this honor home to Taidong. Because of this film, we won the best documentary feature at New York Film Awards this year. Searching for Taromac brings audiences into the heart of Taromac village, revealing the life of the local tribe. It shows how indigenous peoples work with the Forestry Bureau to manage the land. The film also depicts the efforts of new chief Denaro Lavalius as he struggles to pass tribal culture on to the next generation. I think it's important to start teaching kids when they're young. I hope through this film we can tell many students, don't forget your culture, your most essential culture. The more you understand yourself, the more clearly you'll see which direction your path is leading. The premiere in Taidong attracted an audience of over 300. In July, the film won Best Documentary at the New York Film Awards, as well as being chosen to close the Taiwan Film Festival Berlin. In the village, they expected this film would record some of their life in the tribe, as well as the process of handing down their culture from generation to generation. This is a very important record for them. Chief Lavalia signed an MOU with Forestry Bureau officials and educators, pledging their plans to bring the film into schools and inspire more young people with the heritage of indigenous Taiwan. A virtual reality team at National Taiwan Normal University has created a new way to learn fire safety skills. Their VR training system helps users practice ways to respond to fires, training skills that could help save lives. Since a tragic fire in Kaohsiung in October, which was Taiwan's deadliest fire in decades, the need for fire safety skills is once more in focus. The sounds of screams and flames come from this VR headset. The user contends with a very convincing simulation as they use a control stick to put out the fire or find an emergency exit. The training system teaches you how to escape step by step. The voices in it are really rushed. It feels just like a fire. The situation is, a fire is burning there in front of you, and you really feel like you want to rush to put it out. The virtual reality system was designed by a team at NTNU. You can choose a single category to train and repeat the challenge again and again to train yourself in the steps to safety. Or you can choose a full simulation, which requires a more spontaneous response. 
When you're using it, if there's a problem at any step or you make a mistake, then straight away text and voice comes up to give you feedback to tell the student which step was flawed. The immediate reaction lets the student correct themselves. Stats from the Interior Ministry show that there were about 62 accidental fires in Taiwan in 2020. The annual death rate from fire stands at 2.46 people a year. The recent tragedy in Kaohsiung highlights the importance of fire safety skills. This system can be applied without changing anything much. You can just take it to organizations such as management committees. If the management committees of large residential buildings need to, they can experience it. The development team hopes their system will be used in fire prevention education facilities and the educational branches of fire departments. The goal is to help everyone learn how to prevent and respond to fires effectively.